All right, everybody. Somebody go ahead and start the music. to the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be. Abraham Maslow. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly. And I'm so grateful you joined me for a few moments on the podcast today. The professor is in. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope your week is going well. Hope uh, you're having a lot of success this week. Hope you're staying focused right where you need to. Today, I'm going to take a little bit of a detour. We've talked in recent weeks, we've been talking about The Science of Success, the book by Charles Cope. Phenomenal book. And I want to, I want to make sure we get back there. We will get back there next week. Today, I want to talk about something different that came out of a recent class that I taught. I have a class I teach on Wednesday night to a group of students that are just absolutely amazing. And they make class fun. I come in excited. I leave excited. I I, I think differently. They're a smart group of people. They're thoughtful. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a ton of fun. This doesn't always happen when you're an, an instructor, a professor like myself. I was on another call recently, and uh, it was a little bit tougher. Uh, it was a group of people who didn't really want to be on the call, and so that makes it obviously tougher than, than teaching higher ed, where they're paying money, especially master students, they're paying you money to be in this program. So there's a little bit more investment there, but this class is just incredible. Anyway, we were talking about, as we shared a little bit, I talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, on the last episode, we, we were talking about the law of the lid, a mental model by, um, well, it's not really a mental model, but a principle, a law by John Maxwell. And that law basically states that the lower your lid in leadership, the lower the lid of everyone else around you. Through that, we got into this conversation about micromanagement. That's just kind of where this class goes. We talked for about 90 minutes on the law of the lid and micromanagement. Well, what we ended up doing was just going around the classroom and we just, I mean, there's so many people had, once you talk about micromanaging, there are so many people that had a lot to say about this issue of micromanaging. So I started writing down notes on the board. And I will tell you, there was a lot that was said on that board that really brought out, um, I don't know, it made me think differently about this idea of micromanaging. So I wanted to bring it to you on the podcast today. So I just want to share a few perspectives on micromanagement. And specifically because this class I teach on Wednesday nights, it's for organizational leaders. So it's teaching them how do you lead a micromanager? If somebody comes to you and they they say to you, hey, I can't stand my boss they're a micromanager and I'm going to leave the company. And this boss that they have is actually working for you. How do you lead someone like that based on your own experiences of micromanaging? So here are some of the thoughts that came up. Here are some of the perspectives on micromanagement. Number one, when you're dealing with or leading a micromanager, ask the question, 
How are you empowering your team to create next generation leaders? See, this is phenomenal here. Now, and I want you to know, I didn't come up with any of these perspectives that we're going to talk about here. These all came through the students. Okay. It's a brilliant group of students here. So again, when you're leading a micromanager, ask them the question, how are you empowering your team to create the next generation of leaders? And here's what I like about this. When you're dealing with a micromanager, it's not going to work if you sit them down and tell them what to do. It's not going to work. These are control people. And the fact that you have to tell them what to do, you know, micromanagers don't want to be micromanaged. So you telling them what to do, it's going to make them close up. But if you ask the question of them, and I just think in leadership, the best way, uh, the, the best coaching form is asking, asking questions. So asking the question, how are you empowering your team to create next generation leaders? So that's one perspective. The uh, second perspective is this, help the micromanager set priorities towards the aim of the organization. So again, putting that in question form, you sit down with the micromanaging leader and say, hey, uh, what priorities do we want to have you and your team focus on in the next year uh, to help us with the aim of the organization, help us with the organizational vision? And then you can go deeper on that if you know they struggle with micromanaging. Hey, uh, how much of this do you think the team can do and how much into this do you think that you could do? Okay. How would it feel to you to release, to release this leadership over to your team? Would you feel okay about that? And, and what does that look like for you? What, what fears does that bring up inside of you? Ask those questions, okay? Another question to ask if you're talking with a micromanager, someone that you're leading, ask, hey, if you were in their shoes, how would you like to be managed? That's a great question right there. If you were in their shoes, how would you like to be managed? Next, if there's a lack of trust, so let's say the person comes to you and it's your manager, someone you're leading, you're managing this manager. And you like the person. I mean, you hired the person. They're really good at what they do, but you put them in a leadership role and now they're micromanaging. And they come to you and they say, well, it's because I don't trust them. Like they don't get the job done the way I would do it. They don't work as hard as I did when I was a line staff or whatever, a line employee. So you say, oh, okay, I get that. Okay. You know, you want them to perform at your level. You're, you're kind of trying to reproduce yourself. But here's a question that you can ask if you last trust. How can we, or I guess if you're the manager, the leader, you can say, how can I help you build um, how, how can I help you build greater trust with your team? How can I help you build greater trust with your team? And, and, and leave it out there. There's something powerful about questions. I think that's the point I'm really trying to make here as well. When dealing with micromanagers, we have to ask questions. We can't really tell them what to do, okay? So we can ask them that question. And there's something scientifically that happens in the brain that when we ask questions, the brain is forced to come up with an answer. So again, asking that question, how can I help you build greater trust with your team? That person in front of you, the micromanager is going to have to come up with some kind of an answer. It's just inevitable. They have to do it. Next one is this, have the mindset that micromanagement can be cured over time through the use of data. This gets a lot of people in trouble because they see a micromanager and they begin to think, oh, well, this is never going to change. It's just who they are. No, that's not true. It can be cured over time, but uh, it's, you know, we, we need to use some data. And so what, what could those forms of data be? 360 evaluations, okay? That you find this person's uh, supervisor, you find this person's coworkers, you find this person's employees, and you give them this evaluation and you ask hard questions. 
and you ask them to be truthful and anonymous, and you bring that evaluation back to the micromanager. You can also do it through engagement stores, engagement scores, excuse me. Seeing what the engagement level of your employees are, and, and is it going up or down? As you've taken these 360 evaluations, and as this leader hopefully is getting better, are the engagement scores going up or are they going down? Next, we want to understand that there's a line between micromanagement and toxic dysfunction. A person who exhibits toxic dysfunction, evidenced by a lack of desire for growth and continued lack of recognition of their leadership deficits, this person must be removed from the organization as quickly as possible. But the micromanager, not necessarily so. Some micromanagers, we talked about this in class the other night as well, they micromanage because they're afraid. They need your approval. They need for you to tell them it's safe. And until they get that, they're going to be continually uh, leading out of fear versus leading through empowerment. Next, realize there is situational micromanagement and cyclical is what one of the students said, cyclical micromanagement. Understand the difference and when to, to implement either. So situational micromanagement would be you have a situation. It's almost like that old movie from the 1980s. Okay, I shouldn't say old movie, but I guess it is. It's an older movie called Lean on Me starring Morgan Freeman. If you have a chance to watch that, watch that. He comes into the school that needs to be turned around and he is in some ways he's kind of a bully. And he micromanages that staff so much so and the school, he micromanages the entire school so much so that he has a bat. And he I think he said something like, you know, people can call me crazy Batman or crazy Joe Batman or something like that. I don't know if that was based on a true story or not, but. That would be an, an, an uh, example of situational micromanagement. Cyclical micromanagement means that this comes in waves, that maybe there are seasons of micromanaging for your organization, and you begin to see that over time, right? Cyclical micromanagement, how we manage our kids in a lot of ways is micromanaging because they need it. I have a seven-year-old daughter. If I don't stay on top of her, she's not going to clean up her spaces. She's not going to clean up the messes that she makes. But as she gets older, that's going to happen less. Okay. So we need to understand the difference and when to, to implement either. Sometimes there is a need for micromanagement. Sometimes crisis leadership demands that we are micromanagers. And I'll bring up another point here too. Some people work well with a micromanager. They need that kind of accountability. More power to them. If you're not that kind of a person and you go to an organization that has a micromanager, this is where you might need to step up and say, I just can't work under this person's leadership. It doesn't, it's not empowering to me. But we don't call that person a bad person. We shouldn't say that they're a bad leader. They're bad. They have a different style of management. Now, typically, and I would say this, micromanaging does not necessarily empower great people, but there are times it does. And there are, there are leaders that I've seen, one recently, who is kind of a micromanager, but a really great leader. Okay? So, understand the difference and understand when to implement either. Okay, our final one. Understand micromanagers are not bad people. This is what we we're kind of talking about before. They're simply people with leadership deficits. And here's the deal. You have leadership deficits. I have leadership deficits. So when we come across the micromanager, understand that this person is doing the best they can with the tools they have. They probably just don't have great tools. So they're not a bad person. They are simply a person with leadership deficits. Your job as a leader 
This is a leadership podcast. Your job as a leader is to help them move from micromanaging leadership to empowering leadership. That's the job of leaders. When we have somebody working for us who is a micromanager, how do we help move them into another category of leadership? In this great, this all of these things that I just talked about, these perspectives on micromanagement came from a group of graduate students. I didn't introduce any of these ideas. I love teaching. I absolutely love teaching really smart people. Okay. If you didn't get, if you can't remember what we just talked about, go back and let's do it again. <laughs> I'll see you on the next episode. I'll see you Friday. All right. Have a great week. Take care. listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this three times every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Subscribe to my podcast, the Prop JC Leadership Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart.com, anywhere you get your podcast, and be the first to get your episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.